25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes, here we are. Welcome into the Friday show. I'm Matt. I'm live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. What up, everybody? Hope y'all are doing well. How y'all are, as uh, the famous Cajun cook used to say, Justin Wilson, down in uh, South Louisiana, as he would say. Welcome into the show. You, um, let's go... A little production meeting here, Roger, even though we're live on the air and recording. Um, We need to take texts, phone calls, all that kind of stuff, or just texts for the next little while. What do you think's best route? We can do all that. We can do phones, too. It's not a problem. We're having a little issue with our system that plays all our fun sound. Uh Uh-huh. So you mean to tell me that any fun sounds that are played on this show... For the next little while, or you know, any today maybe, or all, all you, me, <laughs> it's all me. Got it. You know, you're you're the pro version of the sounds. It's always relatable. Mine aren't. There's no even segue. I just play stuff, just because I like hitting the buttons. All right, <laughs> like a kid playing the piano. Yeah. Look, uh, I listen to. Um, this first season of the Ron Burgundy podcast. You pick up some pointers. Listen, Roger, are you a fan of the Anchorman movies with Will Ferrell playing Ron Burgundy? I have to admit, it's a, a guilty pleasure. Same for me. Okay. Hey, and look, if you're busy there doing L- stuff, language and all, just want a uh, parental warning. Don't sit <laughs> yeah. down with your kids to this one. That's exa- that's right. You know the it's not for kids. The Anchorman movies are not for kids. The Ron Burgundy podcast really not for kids also, for the most part. I mean, it's pretty clean, but anyway. Yeah, there was an episode that... It, it's Will Ferrell actually doing this podcast. With others, it's you know produced, and some of it's written out ahead of time, but it's him in the character of Ron Burgundy. And in one of the episodes, he totally ruined the whole thing because he got a soundboard, and he just couldn't stop playing with it. It was just obnoxious. <laughs> In fact, on that particular one, he was interviewing, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the, the, the actor's name now, who's uh, from, from Game of Thrones, who plays one of the main characters in Game of Thrones. He I've also, watched that. I don't know any of the act, actors, actresses, mm-hmm, whoever. Mm-hmm. I don't either. But he, he, yeah. he all, this guy also played in the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. He's the little person who played the writer and Will Ferrell playing the part of Buddy the Elf thought this guy was a real elf because he's a little person. You know, and they had the fight scene where he said, call me an elf one more time. 
You know, and they have a big fight. Anyway, it's that guy. Peter Dinklage, that's his name. I just remembered it. Anyway, so that podcast, he's interviewing Peter Dinklage, and he just ruined the whole thing because throughout the entire, you know, podcast, the interview, and they'd be reading poetry and stuff, and like right in the middle of it, he'd hit some sound effect. And it was, (laughs) and they'd be like, really, really, Ron? All right, so anyway, it's all mine. If you hear sounds today, it's all mine. I would like to hear the sound of your voice. Give me a shout on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. Here's a number, 995-1059. So give me a call. And hour number two today, going to chat a little bit with Bart Gregory. Bart called the game last night for Mississippi State. They beat South Carolina 24-7. to This is not a football score. It's a baseball score. Yep. Beat them 24-7. to You ever heard of that? Baseball? 24-7? Gracious. Sounds like a football game. I mean, I know. That's what it sounded like. In fact, uh, I thought it was funny. Todd Blackledge, who is, you know, big-time base – I'm sorry – Big-time football analyst. The former Penn State quarterback, I think he was um, an NFL quarterback, maybe a backup for a little while. But a very successful college football analyst, Todd Blackledge. Uh, He tweeted, Hey, look, with college football about 100 days away, I think it's really appropriate that Mississippi State just beat South Carolina (laughs) 24-7. And instead, it was a baseball score. I mean, it was really incredible. Ole Miss's baseball slide, I guess there's a pun in there somewhere, continues. They got shut out last night at Tennessee, 7 to nothing. Tennessee can really pitch it. And, um, you know, Roger, it's kind of interesting. You know, last week we had John Cohen on, the Mississippi State AD, but he's a former baseball player and coach at State. You know, and he told us, he said, look, Ole Miss is going up to Tennessee. And just remember, Tennessee is really good, and they really pitch it well. And what do they do? They shut out Ole Miss last night 7 to nothing. And LSU beat Auburn. Anyway, a lot of baseball to get into, and we'll get into some of it with Bart Gregory uh, coming up in the second hour today. Bart is on the call for these games this weekend and throughout the year for State on the SEC Network Plus. And so he was there for all – 24 runs for State, 7 for South Carolina, 31 total. State had 24 runs on 22 hits. How many home runs they hit last night? Let's see, they hit four. Skelton hit a grand slam. He had one home, one hit on the day. It was a grand slam. Crushed it. A little bit opposite field, right of center. Uh, Josh Hatcher had... A solo home run to dead center field. He got the start in right field last night. The other right fielder came in after the game was way out of hand early. Brad Cumbus, and he hit a three-run home run in the eighth inning to dead center field. Landon Jordan got in there, got a pinch hit, went into the ball game, played third base, went three for three with a home run. So the state just tearing the cover off the ball. It's odd that the guy who isn't tearing the cover off the ball right now the last couple of games anyways, Jake Mangum. 
He went one for six last night. He did score four runs because he had a hit and walked once and got hit by a pitch once. <laughs> Everybody got a lot of at-bats. State's got a State's got a bunch of guys in their lineup. In fact, I guess six of the nine guys in their starting lineup are all batting way over 300. South Carolina doesn't have a single one batting over 300. It's kind of the way that looks. Thank you, the mailman in Jackson. That's right, Peter Dinklage. You want to text me the way the mailman did, you can. It's 885-ESPN. Got it? 885-ESPN. That's a 601 uh, number. 885-ESPN. Matt Camp is on the text line quoting Justin Wilson, the Cajun cook. He said, I'm happy for you to see me. I guarantee. <laughs> and a boy. Um, Roger, I can't help it. You know, these things, again, I, it's like, you know, I'm sure there are people who don't like it. But we're going to play of sports. We are sitting here today 106 days away from, for us anyway, the start of the college football season on August the 31st. Um, and we're going to talk college football. i got some stuff there. Yep. Bring that train right, I got my train. I got my train back. Hey, you got the train back. We'll get a real one coming by pretty soon. So yeah, about, uh, A little after 11. So I'm giving people a heads up that um, starting next week, we'll, we'll – for us around here, State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, all start the college football season on August the 31st, and we're going to count down 100 days and preview 100 teams leading up to the start of the season. So we'll do 100 teams in 100 days. We'll start that next week. What I was going to say is people may not like when I do these things that I look and I see these historical references don't have anything to do with sports, but this is one I just – I think it's unavoidable. So you're promising delayed gratification. Delayed. We, we will we will have sports. We, we're going to have sports. Promise. We're going to have yeah. baseball. We're going to have football. All of that. It's coming. Yeah. But I saw this today. Is There's an anniversary for this. Is this the one? Yeah, listen to this. This is going to strike a chord. I guarantee you almost everybody guarantee. listening knows this. Roger, I guarantee you know this. Hi, I'm Bob Ross, and for the next 13 weeks, I'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting. <laughs> a little happy tree right here. Bingo. Sure. And a little squirrel. Play a little squirrel right here. Roger. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> you said it. The first thing out of your mouth was happy little tree. Everybody knows Bob Ross and the joy of painting. That's right. Everybody knows Bob Ross and the joy of painting. If you Google Bob Ross and Happy Little Trees, though, you'll get something else. Oh yeah. So don't <laughs> some some interesting memes. <laughs> well, here's the thing though, like that's a catchphrase that on all those years on public television, Bob Ross would do the joy of painting. He was on from I looked it up earlier. I want to get it right. He was on from 1983 to 1994, then he died in 95. He was in like this really private guy. He was very famous. Everybody knew him. Everybody watched his painting stuff. Still do to this day. Man, did he make it look easy. Mm-hmm. He, he did. But on this day in 94, the last show aired. 
And see what happened was he got he was diagnosed with lymphoma, and mm. um, and that was you know it pretty much ended. Um, well, obviously it ended his life. He died in '95, a year after the show went off. But that I just saw that nugget today. So today represents let's see May the seventeenth, nineteen ninety four is the, la- the day the last one aired, and this show so if you if you look at the way he did it every year that the show was on they would do multiple seasons of the show okay so like the joy of painting it didn't just come on for like six weeks once throughout the year it'd come on for six weeks go away and then come back and do another six weeks there were two i'm just going to turn it down and keep going i guess for a little while. I have no idea what that is or what's going on there. <laughs> anyway, back to the uh back to the joy of painting. Yeah. So two seasons every year. There were basically thirty one seasons of that show. It was really incredible. And Roger touched on it. Everybody knows him for the happy little trees. And by wiggling it and pulling it, it pulls a paint toward the end of the bristles and sharpen it, just like you would a knife. Okay. Look at how sharp it is. Boy, that son of a gun is just, you could shave with it. Look at that. Super sharp. Now then, let's decide. Maybe there's a happy tree, evergreen tree. He lives right there. Start with just (laughs) touching the canvas. Use just the corner of the brush, just the corner, and begin pushing, making the bristles bend slightly downward. See there? Look at that. Isn't that a nice little tree? And he lives right here in this brush. All you have to do is sort of push him out. Yep, that's him. The happy little tree lives in the brush, and all you got to do is push him out. Isn't that something? Uh, Roger, I would, I would love to be able to take the call, but whenever I turn you up in my ears, I hear another radio show coming back to me, and I don't hear you. <clears throat> so about 30. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. It's still there. <laughs> so I don't really know how to, how to do this. Uh, so I'm just going to continue along until it's time to go to a break and um, we'll go from there. Anyway, Bob Ross, he is an interesting story. There are a lot of legends out there about him. Everybody's watched him. The truth is he did have a military career. There was this, Legend out there, you know, it kind of grows about, you know, being a military hero. The fact is, though, he was an 18-year U.S. Air Force um, veteran. He was in the Air Force for 18 years, and he did rise to the rank of first sergeant. So he was in a job where, at times, he did have to yell and scream and, you know, kind of be this forceful guy during his military career. And in his own words, at one point, Bob Ross said, you know, he had to be really tough, really mean. He said, quote, the guy who makes you scrub the latrine, the guy who makes you make your bed, the guy who screams at you for being late to work. And he decided that if he ever left the military, which he did, obviously, that he would never raise his voice again. And, in fact, he, I don't think, did. Anyway, it's really interesting. There we go. Now we got him. Let's go to the Davini Equipment phone. Big D. Davini Equipment. Tiny hanging on. What's up, Tiny? 
Hey, okay, I was wrong. I said drill. I said Marine, but it was Air Force drill. Right. Uh, they, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Bob Ross. You know, so many people are tiny, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, he was in the Air Force, and they had him stationed in Alaska for um, yeah for all I these that. years. Uh, but uh, also, uh, I'm a painter and draw. I draw and paint, hmm. and that's why I was such a big fan of his. So, was he an influence for you to get you started in painting? No, no, I okay. I, I drew and painted. Back before I even knew who Bob Ross was. I got you. Okay. You know, I didn't look this up. Uh, it seems like I tried to a couple of years ago. I got, I got this thing in my head. I thought, you know, I wonder if you could just go out here and buy and find like an original Bob Ross painting and like buy it. You I know? think you can, but it would be very expensive. Very. And see, that's the thing about it is he estimated that he did in his life over 30,000 original paintings. But if you... Oh, yeah. That's what I think what I discovered. I'd have to go look it up again, but I think I discovered if you go on eBay or somewhere and you find one that's an original, then, yeah, you got to pay really through the nose to buy the thing just because it's his, you know? Yeah. One of my uncles was an artist, painted a lot like Bob Ross. Wet on wet oil painting is what it's called. That, yeah, that yeah. I did. I got two oil paintings. I got I don't know how many watercolors. Yeah, and uh, I do sketches too. Yeah, good stuff, Tiny. Well, keep it up. Thanks for the phone call. All right, bye. Happy little trees. You know what, Roger? Um, this is apropos for us today. Bob Ross said he didn't make mistakes. And come right back over the top of him. See here? And you just paint a bigger tree right over the top. We don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. (laughs) (laughs) Scott texted the show, 885 ESPN, and says, that noise you heard, Matt, was State scoring again. Mississippi State scored 24 (laughs) runs in a baseball game last night. Bart Gregory called every single one of them on the SEC Network Plus, and he's going to be by later on. We're going to talk a little bit about it and and look ahead. State's just – they're just a great team, you know. And the fact is, the way baseball works is you really do have this very clear dividing line in, baseball, in college baseball. Very clear. The regular season and the postseason. And, and really, the SEC tournament is kind of somewhere in the middle – because it's not the postseason, but the NCAA tournament versus the regular season. I mean, State's had an unreal, like, historical regular season, still going two more games left. But what they will be remembered for is what they do or don't accomplish in the NCAA tournament. That's just kind of the way, the nature of the business. So the, the crucial time of the year just isn't here yet. That's just a fact. The train is on the tracks, folks, and here we go. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio just getting started with you on this Friday. Stick around.
have a little breaking news. Lend me your ear. We have college football breaking news this morning in the state of Mississippi. Yes. And it's apropos. I got a text just a minute ago on the text line. An unnamed texter said, hey, maybe I've missed it, but have you talked about Tommy Stevens, the quarterback from Penn State, that is supposed to transfer to Mississippi State? Well, at this point, I hadn't talked about it a whole lot because nothing was official. It was only speculation, and the recruiting process for the transfer QB was ongoing. Well, Tommy Stevens put it out there, and it's being reported now by our very own Brett Hudson. Follow Brett on Twitter. You'll see it, Brett underscore Hudson, that Mississippi State has landed a graduate transfer QB. It is Tommy Stevens who played previously at Penn State. Uh, He released a statement. It's three paragraphs long. I'm not going to read all of it to you. I just want to um, give you the high points. He started off by expressing gratitude to everybody that's helped him. And if you um, go through it, he talks about his process of signing with Penn State back in 2014 and um, that kind of stuff. The last paragraph says, after carefully considering the numerous opportunities presented, uh, taking four official visits, weighing the most important factors, my family and I, I've decided for my fifth and final year of eligibility, I'll be joining Coach Moorhead and his staff at Mississippi State University. So uh, it's two guys that spent time together. Moorhead coached the quarterbacks while Tommy Stevens was in the competition at Penn State. So they have a relationship previously at the previous school. There's obviously going to be familiarity with the offense and terminology, but Tommy Stevens never did become the starting quarterback at Penn State to Trace McSorley nor in this most recent competition when somebody else won the job. Uh, So there's your answer. It is going to happen in terms of it being a – in terms of an evaluation for you, like an X's and O's, what kind of player, I don't know. I'm going to have to spend the weekend going back and watching some film. And I'll probably put together a film study video for you on Tommy Stevens and see what we see. And we can get into all of that kind of stuff and evaluation of him after I've had a chance to do it. I haven't done it to this point. So there's your breaking news today on this Friday. Tommy Stevens, Penn State, grad uh, transfer quarterback signing with Mississippi State. Let's take a phone call. Ryan's been hanging on for a while on the uh, Divini Equipment phone. 995-1059. Ryan listening in Rose Hill. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Matt. Uh, I used to listen to you all the time on the radio, other radio show, and yeah. I don't get to hear you much anymore. Uh, I was passing through this way, and uh, I happened to hear you, and I wanted to call and Great. say hi to you and uh, and uh, really miss you on the other show. Uh, what do you think about state? chances this year to making it to Omaha and uh I think they're really good and I believe Arkansas will be really good too. Yeah. And uh I listen to you comment on the radio. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah, and I appreciate the compliment. Thanks for listening. Glad you're passing through. Um you know Ryan, wherever you are, um you can uh, wherever you live, wherever you go, worldwide you can uh, tune into the show. 
on uh, li- online. Lots of different ways to do that. The show streams live each morning at uh, thezone1059.com. And um, that's one way to do it. You can stream it there. Lots of different ways to stream it, in fact. And, of course, you can get the podcast, too, the on-demand, the on-demand section on the website, which I just told you. Also, you can go anywhere you get a podcast. You can just go search for The Matt Wyatt Show, and you can get it on demand and listen whenever you get a chance. But uh, I think State is a national championship caliber team. And, frankly, it just has that feel of a year when they have a real shot at winning it. And I know that they went to Arkansas and played like for three days and got swept up there. I know. And I know they hosted LSU and pretty much for, you know, two out of those three games, they played like and lost that series, you know, but it's a long year. It's a really long year. And really they've done some things this year that no other teams have done. And I do think they have a bit of an it it factor. Now I don't know a lot about UCLA, but obviously everyone's very high on them and they should be. And everyone's really high on Vanderbilt, and they should be for good reason. You know, you look at what J.J. Blade and some of those guys at Vandy are doing this year. It's incredible. His home run numbers at Vandy are just incredible this year. But i got to be honest with you. This feels like a Mississippi State team that just has it. And they've had some teams come close before. The 13 team that, you know, played in the championship series against UCLA but came up short. Last year's team that went really, really deep and came up about a game short in Omaha, those were miraculous-type teams. They were. They had an it factor. This team has that same it factor, and they have the talent and the depth and the bats. And Mangum's a senior. They're senior-led, which is unusual in college baseball, too. I just... I'm going to put it to you this way. As opposed to years past, you would have still been surprised if State won the national championship. This year, I will not be surprised if they go to Omaha. I hope y'all didn't hear that. Whatever's in my ear just busted my eardrums. (laughs) So we have technical issues today. Hope that works out, Ryan. Hope that's your... Hope that answer will um, help you there. Yeah, I, I will not be surprised if this is the year that they win it, the whole thing in Omaha. In years past, if they won it, you'd be happy, but you might be a little surprised. This year, you're going to be happy, but I don't think you should be surprised if they win the whole thing. All right. Um, some more texts. Let me get over to those uh, right now with you. And... Um, Let's see where we are. This is a text from, I don't have a name with it, but this is about Ole Miss baseball. I sent this, let's see, he says, I sent this earlier, but don't think it was read. Ole Miss already has so much in their baseball program. Players with talent, a proven coach, great fans. But what they need now is a leader. Player like Jake Mangum, one with leadership to, quote, rally the troops and get them excited 
uh, about what they can do. A player to be the glue. They need to go forward. And what a lesson in life. Keep on plugging when the chips are down. During the time uh, Andy Canazero was dismissed, Jake would be the first player at practice, showing up with enthusiasm, great attitude, the glue that was contagious to the other players, and the result, trip to the College World Series. That, that was just miraculous last year. It really was. And then he says, come on, Rebs, use the good things you've got. Man, I tell you, it's um, that's a great point. I really do think it's a great point. Is You know, you can have talent, you can have great coaching, but there is this element of, I, I guess maybe that's what I'm calling the it factor, but there is this element of, I don't know, of just leadership that makes all the difference in the world. It is the difference between kind of, you know, bumping your head on the ceiling early versus busting through it. That team last year for State sure did it. Ole Miss has all the talent in the world. They really do. But they're 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 scuffling right now for big time. More to come. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Yeah! Rolling along on Friday... Friday, Friday, Friday. Baseball tonight's game two all over the place of the college baseball series and so on and so forth. As we have said, State beat South Carolina last night in baseball 24 to 7. It's a baseball score. It sounds more like football. Arkansas beat Texas A&M 7 to 3. In order for Mississippi State to win the West, State would have to sweep South Carolina, and A&M would have to win the next two. Slim. Slim chance. Florida upset a ranked Missouri team last night, 5-4. to four. Told you Tennessee shut out Ole Miss, 7-zip. Show did. 7th-ranked Georgia beat Alabama, 9-4. to four. What about Southern Miss? You know, this is a weekend where Southern Miss could win Conference USA if everything goes well. Uh, did They did not get off to a good start trying to pull that off. As uh, UAB upset Southern Miss last night 3-2 to two in 10 innings. And the team they were tied with, Florida Atlantic, they won 5-4 to four over Middle Tennessee. So, heck, I, you know, I don't know if there's a chance. I think that's – it might be – Southern Miss going to have to win the next two, win the series against UAB, and they'll need Florida Atlantic to drop the next two. Right? And that puts Southern Miss one game ahead. That's right. So that's what's got to happen. Southern Miss got to win two in a row. Florida Atlantic's got to lose two in a row if Southern Miss wants to win Conference USA. Because Florida Atlantic's going to have a a victory in the head-to-head 
over Southern Miss because they won that series. So that's how that plays out. So the next two games for Southern Miss are important if they want to win the conference. They're going to be in the tournament somewhere. It's, um, it's just this is just a matter of the, you know, the banner that you get to hang or you don't at your stadium. That's basically what that is. Elsewhere around the SEC, though, uh, let's see Kentucky and Vanderbilt. How about that score? Vandy beat Kentucky last night, sixteen to ten. Crazy! Look at all the runs that were scored. 24, Georgia put up nine, and Vandy and Kentucky scored a combined 26 in that one. So that's a a peak around baseball. Over to the text line. Let me get to some that uh, I'd put this off. Text line, 885-ESPN. You want to text the show? Do it. 885-ESPN. Here's one that says, uh, this text is in regards to the John Daly golf cart controversy discussion yesterday, previously. An unnamed golfer, let's unnamed. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Who was truly disabled was denied the use of a cart by the PGA. He brought suit under the Americans with Disabilities Act and won, thus setting a precedent. What was his name? Casey. Casey. What was that guy? I remember when that was a big story. Wasn't it back in the 90s? Yeah, Casey Martin. That's who it was. His name is Casey Martin. Yeah, so how do he do? Well, that's what I'm trying to look at here. Did play on the PGA Tour. Isn't this the same one? Because of the disability? Am I not looking at the – it's got to be the same one. I think he's the golf coach now out at, out at Oregon. So if I'm looking at this right, played on the PGA Tour 98 through 2012. He played 29 tournaments in the 2000 season, made 14 cuts, and his highest finish was tied for 17th. Yeah, but three tournaments in 98, two in 01, three in 02. Martin suffers well, from you're a— you're going to have somebody with special needs, which is what this is. Yeah. It seems like you should have a special, you know, category for them to play in. Like, right. you know, mm-hmm. you got seniors, which recognizes, you know, aging. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. there's a, some, some limitations that come with that. And then, you know, so— you got different rules for each one, right? But but why force shoehorn somebody else into, mm-hmm. you know? See, and and there's some nuance in this too. Mm-hmm. Back when Casey Martin went through all this in the late '90s to get it, you know, to um, basically you know sue them into making sure he could play with a cart. Martin suffers from a birth defect in his right leg. I don't know how to pronounce this syndrome. So I'm not going to try. Um, he successfully sued the PGA Tour in 2001 for the right to use a golf cart during competition under the American Disabilities Act. During the years that the suit wound through the courts, he enjoyed limited success on the golf course and throughout was permitted to use a golf cart. 
his best finish tied for 17th at one of the events that he played in 2000. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like no knock on him whatsoever, but that's what's referenced. And I do remember it's Casey Oregon. Uh, sorry, Casey Martin. He is the coach at Oregon right now out in uh, Eugene. But to me, that's different than, hey, this is a PGA championship and 53-year-old John Daly's got osteoarthritis, so we're going to let him ride around playing a cart and earn a check, possibly. To me, that's different. The real Brian on the text line, he said, Hey, Matt, I thought this was a sports conversation show. You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate. You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate. We were just talking about Bob Ross earlier because the joy of painting. I just loved it. I think every now and then when we need to calm down, we should just listen to that. That should be the backdrop, the music. Hi, I'm Bob Ross, and for the next 13 weeks, I'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting. I think I'll just play the Bob Ross music in the background while I read texts. Here's a text that says, and to think I was getting worried about our bats during the A&M series. That's in reference to Mississippi State baseball. And then... Referencing the breaking news from earlier in the show. Tommy texts the show and wants to know how I feel about Tommy Stevens signing with Mississippi State. Well, I'll say this. You know, good for him and good for the program. The more the merrier. Um, Just to me, it's never the right perspective, the right way to look at the situation to think as a fan, okay, this guy is going to transfer in and be here for one year and he's going to be the savior we need. You know, it maybe it has happened a couple of times. Everybody will point to Cam Newton at Auburn, maybe Russell Wilson at Wisconsin. But, man, that's two examples out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds you know, so there are these needle in, in, in haystack situations. And look, Cam Newton just physically was Superman. He's just, they don't make him like him now, ever. He's different. And the way I look at it is the more competition, the better. Everybody's going to be better ultimately because of more competition. Let me give you an example that's non sports. I used to, I used to be on a radio show uh, in the afternoons. And, you know, it was pretty successful, but there was really no competition for a long time. So we could be darn terrible. We could do just a bad show about 90% of the time, and it didn't matter because there there really wasn't a whole lot of competition. As soon as some people in the same time slot, tame, same time slot, popped up that were good like Jake Wimberly and others all of a sudden there was competition and it forced everybody to get better you get better let me give you another example uh, Ole Miss adds on to their baseball stadium it becomes state of the art really slick and beautiful and they build on the outfield and they got big crowds what did Mississippi State do started spinning their wheels how to figuring out how to do theirs 
Now look at what State has. Competition. It holds everybody accountable. Keeping up with the Joneses. That's part of it. It's just kind of the way you think it's in, in terms of competition. So bring somebody in and roll the ball out, man, and let, let them battle. Because whoever the more competition you have, then whoever elevates out of that is better because of it. That's the way I look at it. What do you prefer? What you really prefer is to recruit a kid out of high school and develop him and put him on the field, and he goes and wins games for you for about three years. So I love the competition angle. But if you think I'm ready to write off Keaton Thompson, you're crazy. So I love the competition. Get after it. Let's see who can be the best out of the bunch. But I think because he's transferring in does not mean you hand him the keys. That's the worst situation you can have. Just my opinion. Hour one in the books. Hour two. Coming up, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, connected via C Spire. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 